Hey everybody, this is John Tady welcoming you back at long last to Pop Mom, the podcast where culture is relative. Yes, it's time again for my mom, Bonnie Tady, to share with me and with you her view of pop culture, small town life, and the riddles of human nature. On this episode, Mom reviews the British comedy show 8 Out of 10 Cats Does Countdown. Let's bring Mom in now. Hooray, Mom, we're back. We are. Happy June. Talk about time travel. Yeah, I know. Well, I said June, and here we are in July, and the past is the past. Here we are. What does it matter now? Besides, if we had started in June, we'd be almost done with the season by now. Now, (laughs) you got nine more weeks of us to enjoy, so uh, be happy. That's right. Our fans generally are happy, in my experience. I think so, yes. Um. I I do want to I do want to start off with a little ditty that I did want to tell you. <laughs> a little ditty, if, yeah. if okay. I may. Yeah. Okay. Is uh, it's very exciting that we now have an Amazon truck that delivers in our neighborhood. It's very very exciting. Oh I think. Yeah. Yeah. I went to the post office and I said to the postmaster, "Guess what we have?" And he being very clueless, said, what? And I said, we have an Amazon truck. And he said, oh, that's going to take a load off me. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. And then that's, he told Don't me apologize about- <laughs> for a post office story. The perfect way to kick <laughs> off our new season. And then he said, yeah, somebody was in here the other day and told me they ran over their, their mailbox. Ah. <laughs> uh. Uh, wow, that's and aggressive I, business tactics by Amazon. Come on, <laughs> give the post office a fighting chance. But then the fellow showed up here. <clears throat> I Uh-oh. may not get through oh, this. What happened? Yes, he showed up here today. Yeah. Uh, can I just say that, you know, this is not Arnold Schwarzenegger delivering here. I'll just leave it at that, okay? Um, okay. But. He came to the door, and I said, now we have two doors in our house. One is on where Daddy's studio is, and that's where most of the deliveries should be made. Yeah, because he's always got some crap coming or going. That's right. Yeah. Don't say crap. I I did not say that. He doesn't listen to this podcast, does he? Faithful. He's the first one that listens. I know. I know. I'm just kidding about the crap. It's nice crap. So he comes, he gets out of the truck, and I hear him struggling. Everybody that comes in here takes 20 minutes to make a delivery. I don't know if they enjoy the view. I don't know if they're playing eeny, meeny, miny, moe for the doors, but he wrestles this box out and he comes to the front door where, where I am. And I said, did you deliver that? Because I couldn't see the box. Did you deliver that to the other side of the house? No. He said, it's behind the truck. I need a signature. And I, so I signed for it. And I say to him, this is all the same house. That part's a studio. You should deliver over there. Oh, he says. He then goes back and gets the package and starts rolling it, rolling it up the driveway. 
know, you know, this could be fine china in here for all I know. And he's just clumping it up there. Rolling it. With you standing there? I'm standing there. And I just say to myself, I believe I have explained this to him as well as I can. And I just came back in the house and started laughing. And it's parked right in front of the front door, which I cannot open now. And so there oh, you go. Yeah. They love to do that to me, too. Really? Yep. A big, heavy delivery from FedEx or UPS. <laughs> They'll leave it on the front stoop, like, and I can't right. open the door. And I just am like, how did you, what do you think I'm going to do to get this package inside? They don't care. They're all overworked. And, uh, I, and I understand that. I yeah. do. I'm really yeah. sympathetic to that. But a little tiny bit of brain power would be so, so appreciated and remembered at Christmas time. <laughs> well, who knows if it's going to be the same person at Christmas time? We used, we had the same FedEx guy or UPS guy, I forget, for like 20 years. Yeah. He was like a yeah. member of the family. Definitely. Definitely. The FedEx guy was. He'd call you if, if you weren't home to see if you, if he, if you wanted him to leave it or deliver it to a different house. In, yeah, in the- that's right. He would call you. But the other thing is he probably had around our neck of the woods like three deliveries that day. Because I remember when I was a kid, like the FedEx truck pulling up was like the music man coming to town. It was like, oh my God, we are getting a package (laughs) delivered here. (laughs) It's, it's really, it's really kind of incredible. And then last night at around seven 30 UPS delivered a package. (laughs) So I don't know what's going on now. They're just delivering it all night long. And it's, it's crazy. It's just crazy. So we've been back for about seven minutes now, and we've spent seven of those minutes talking about post office and package delivery issues. So I feel like if you're new (laughs) to the podcast, (laughs) you are just getting a high test pop mom right here. Um, but we should move along, Mom, because I imagine yes, I'm sorry. other things have happened this summer, uh, aside from getting packages delivered or not, as the case may be. In fact, True. speaking of sm- small town life, I was just there for two weeks, living that small town life again and loving it with my family. We hadn't seen each other in the flesh for what? year and a half too long people yeah. across the country have experienced the same thing this was our first uh post-covid visit and boy didn't we time it right just in time for this uh, delta freak out um but <laughs> i know we put that aside um and had a wonderful visit what was the highlight or low light of the visit for you mom because i've got a mm. couple of items well i have to say oh and i so wish your wife, Anna, wasn't listening to this, but I really enjoyed introducing your children to Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck yeah. and Popeye. And um, I do realize the cartoons are a little, uh, or a lot, or a lot, yeah. in all honesty. They do have a lot of aggression in yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, they do. Violence. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to say that, but yeah, but they're pretty. They're violent. very, they're very amusing. And there were times <laughs> when I heard 
Leo especially, laughing at something that was just absurd, just absurd, yeah. that that he got the the adult, I'm going to say, finesse of a joke. Yeah, yeah, he's got a good sense of humor. That was very surprised, yeah. Yeah, it was very surprising to me. So I enjoyed that every morning. Grammy Bonnie, could we have cartoons? Oh, I loved it, too, because that's what it should be at Grandma's house. Leo is my five-year-old. Eve is uh, three, about to be four. Um, and, oh, man, Toonie. Now, this is, a, <laughs> this is a show you can probably get in your area if you're listening in the United States. Um, it's on MeTV, and it's called Tune In With Me, T-O-O-N. I loved seeing it because to me it was like classic local TV, even though I know they produced it out of Chicago and it's not actually local. But it's like local TV where you'd have some performer, a bunch of puppets, a little cast putting on skits in between showing some old cartoons that cost them 50 cents to rent the rights to, right? Um, Yes. And this was – I didn't think anything like this existed anymore, but – what does it air in the early morning, like 7 a.m.? Yeah, yeah. So right when the kids get up. Yes. A couple hours on Saturday, I guess, too. Well, the kids loved um, Toonie, and uh, Leo and I have been repeating one joke in particular when um, <laughs> to- Toonie is a bit frantic over uh, he's he's – uh, he's a tuna fish. He's a tuna fish. He's a little puppet fish. And he was frantically thinking everybody around him was aliens. And he talked to the resident um, green, like, eco expert who was wearing a shirt called Save the Planet. And Toonie said, uh, more like, save the planet for me. <laughs> and Leo almost peed his pants. <laughs> and me too, <laughs> laughing at that. Cause when he- and he repeating it yeah yeah he repeated it for the rest of the trip but god i love to see that i love you know of course we enjoyed the outdoors and we enjoyed the best of new hampshire but um to have the kids go to grandma's house and get to watch practically all the cartoons they want like that's that's what life should be like in the summer for a kid i really love that and you know what yeah they're full of guns and dynamite but i watched them as a kid and i turned out a pacifist so i think they'll be okay I do too. I think there's something about the quality of the of the violence, if you will. Um, oh yeah, it's the finest quality violence. Mm. No, no, no. That they, they they seem to be able to look past. They don't. I don't know. I don't feel yeah, like they course. take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everybody's fine. Um, the like two seconds later, and they're right, smart enough right. to know that that's. Not real. Not real. Um, I'm sure some uh, child experts listening to the podcast right now are just they're typing the email as we speak. But uh, I think they'll be fine. (laughs) I honestly do. And I'm glad they had a good time. They did have a good time. I was amazed at all the things we managed to find to do outside, not, you know, not in a crowd, because, of course, Fun Spot was was a big high point uh, a few years ago. Yeah. 
so Fun Spot is this giant arcade in Weirs Beach, New Hampshire, but it's all indoors. And again, you know, the kids aren't vaccinated, so it was stressful enough to fly halfway across the country with them. Mm. Um, but that's it. That's all I wanted. That's That was all the exposure um, we were willing to do. And, you know, Fun Spot, it's just not worth it. It's not worth disease. It may be one of the happiest no, places no. on earth, but it's <laughs> it's not worth terrible disease. Um, but well, I think it is the happiest place on earth, oh. isn't it? <laughs> it's, I think they might get a lawsuit from the Disney people. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I do have that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's right. <laughs> it's it's the largest arcade in the world, supposedly. Supposedly, yeah. They they ask you not to look into that too closely, but it, <laughs> it is big, and it's a bit of a mecca for um, classic arcade game enthusiasts. Anyway, we didn't go to Fun Spot, uh, but we did go blueberry picking. Eve got stung by a bee about 15 seconds into the about, actual picking. Yeah. I have to tell you also one thing that you did not see. Yesterday at our farewell lunch at Arnie's in Concord, she got her ice cream, turned around, and ran into a pole and dropped her ice cream. <laughs> oh, it's classic younger sibling stuff that she ran into uh, a couple times on this trip. You know, we took some walks. We, we rediscovered the little beach in town that was yeah. great fun yeah, and really perfect for them. You know, there's a swing set and some things to climb on and a old-fashioned slide that you would probably need to take out uh, a life insurance policy if you had one in your yard. Um, it's just a great <laughs> yeah. spot. Well, I, um, from the first moment we stepped out of the car and my um, nose and lungs were just filled with the perfume of the forest, um, I had, I've never appreciated New Hampshire like I did on this trip because, you know, they used to say, New Hampshire, don't take it for granted. I don't think they say that anymore on account of it's so dumb, but they used to say that. And I will say that more than ever before, I did not take it for granted on this trip and um, really appreciated the magic of the place and wanted to share it with some of my friends. Um, right. So I invited my um, two closest friends. These are twin brothers who um, I've been friends with them quite a while now, uh, Rick and Steve. We sort of helped each other through the pandemic, so um, we're very close. And I had, they'd never even been to New Hampshire, so I was so excited to bring them out, and we had a wonderful time. The centerpiece of the visit was climbing the mountain, Mount Kearsarge. Oh. Um, this is the one big thing I wanted to, to do with them. And look, uh, we don't have a lot in Wilmot, right? But we, and the surrounding area, but we've got the mountain and everybody in the area takes pride in the mountain. You can see it everywhere. It's, it's gorgeous. Um, plus, like I said, we don't have a lot else going for us out there. Don't need anything yeah. else. So I take these guys to the mountain, which people from the area, would it be fair to say, mom, regard as something like their birthright? Right. Oh like, yeah. If you look, yeah. You you climb the. It belongs to us. At least that's how that's I always right. looked at it. Um. So we drive to the entrance to the state park that um, is at the base <laughs> of the mountain. <laughs> and here, here I am, sw swelling with the pride of my uh, hometown, and ready to uh, show these guys the mountain. And we pull up at the front gate. 
and um, there's a little cabin at the bottom where they take your four bucks to to head on up. And um, we're sitting there and sitting there, and nobody comes out to the point where I think, well, maybe there's nobody in there because a lot of times there's not, you know. Right. Um, uh, and you can just drive on up. Then this guy comes out, um, the park <laughs> ranger, roll the window down. He says, hey there, you have a reservation? I said, oh, no. He said, well, you guys are going to get up the mountain today, but you're lucky. It's just by luck that you're getting up without a reservation. Because let me tell you, this new reservation system, it's here to stay. It's not going anywhere, fellas. You got to go to the website, New Hampshire State Parks. Dot, uh, what, on, on and on. Like... <laughs> Just berating us like school children goes off. He has to go off and do something. I don't know what. What is he? He goes back into the cabin for for an incredible, like even longer than he made his wait before. Finally, he comes out, and I swear to God, mommy just picks up where he left off and says, and says. I just got off the phone with someone who was calling over from the other side of the mountain, and they are full up, sold out, sold out. You know, I've had to put the sold out sign on, uh, out there three times a day. I'm putting it out. I'm bringing it back in. I keep having to put that sign out. Um, and so you guys are so lucky because I told that person on the phone. They're not on and on. And finally, we're about to go up. He looks in the car. He says, okay, so you got two people in there? said no there's three of us like the one part of his job that he actually had to do he couldn't even count the number of people in the car <laughs> that'll be twelve dollars thank you very much as um as oh. rick pointed up once we were finally hiking pointed out once we were finally oh. hiking up the mountain um this transaction could have gone you guys have a reservation? Oh, no. That's okay. And. <laughs> go. Here you go. Oh, it was. Oh, but you you know how lonely that job, that job is. It's so, so lonely. And, you know, you should have said to him, next time I'll give you 15 bucks without the speech. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just sitting there. I mean, fortunately, my buddies have a very good sense of humor, so they find it as amusing as you and I do, of course. Um, it became an instant source of fun. But also, we're sitting there, again, like like we're middle school kids, and the vice yeah. principal is just reading us the riot act for, yes. again, I will say, having done nothing wrong and having caused or suffered no inconvenience whatsoever. But imagine if. Imagine if. So Ugh. this is my travel tip if you're going up Mount Kearsarge in the New Hampshire Lakes region. <laughs> Wait, I know what it is. You want to guess? Go ahead. Yes. Make a reservation. That's right. Make a reservation. I heard it from someone in the know. <laughs> and I love, too, that our license plate says, live free or die. And we could not be more irritating, too. <laughs> and you even had a, a New Hampshire tag on the car i mean it's not like you were that's from right that's right massachusetts i mean give me a break buddy it's not like you were from massachusetts she says with venom dripping from her lips yes i do because these summer people are driving me crazy they are driving me crazy they don't know how to drive they 
they give me dirty looks like I don't know how to park in the in the Hannaford's parking lot. I am so sick of them. I am ready for them all to go home. Every one of them. They uh, walk around. They don't have masks on. And I'm wearing a mask because they're here. And they look at me like I'm crazy. How about that family uh, I encountered while I was walking down to the beach with to meet up with you guys? I know you didn't actually oh. witness this, but I'm walking down the street, and this dog comes out from across the way, runs up to me going, Rawr! and I, the family's standing there, and I say, whoa, <laughs> <'Cause> I, <laughs> this dog is about to bite me, and they're doing nothing, and the... Um, the mom of the family kind of looks at me for a couple seconds, I think maybe as stunned as I am in her defense, but she says, oh, he's not, he wa- he's, not, he's not used to people walking. She's, and I was, I was literally speechless, mom. I just looked at her in astonishment and kept walking like, what? Uh, like what? Most people fly past yeah, your house? Oh, why aren't you swimming? What is this? Walking. You can see why our dog is upset. So, yes, yes, our dog is upset with this. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Uh-huh. Oh my god. But I'm going to tell you also. I have to tell you that we went to Arnie's for. Was that just yesterday? It was just yesterday. Yeah. We went to Arnie's for food. Some guy in his Land Rover. <laughs> I can't believe you're going to complain about this on the podcast. <laughs> I am. I am. He pulls up right right in front of where we're sitting, right. waiting for our food. Yeah. And so we very rationally decide, well, let's move because he leaves his car he running. His, he goes yeah, inside. Yeah, leaves the land to, his big old land rover running yeah. right in front of us. Yeah. Right in front of us. So we move because, you know, that's what reasonable people do. So we move over to another part of the parking lot. He comes out with his, I'm going to say son, like 14-year-old son, with their food. They get back in their big honking truck, and and then they back into a space right next to some poor woman sitting with her two little children trying to enjoy an ice cream, where they then continue to leave their car running while they eat their food. What happened? What happened to our kind? Let's be kind. Let's be kind. Well, let's just gas these people right out of trying to enjoy their ice cream. And let me tell you, if you hadn't been with me, I would have had a big fight. I know. I know. Thank God I was there. You might have got yourself shot for all we know. I know. It would almost be worth it. (laughs) People are just not being kind. People, come on. Well, I encountered, uh, although it's fun to complain, I encountered a great many kind people in the last two weeks in New Hampshire. So, and it is the out-of-staters. I'm just going to whisper that under my breath. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much. I appreciate that. (laughs) 
it's the because the out-of-staters come up to New Hampshire to get away from everyone. So it's all about, right. I mean, New Hampshire is like leave me alone enough as it is with the people who live right. there. But the people who live there, you know, they're it's generally like, hey, let everybody go their own way. It's a that's the nice part of live free or die, right? It's a pretty accepting yes. state. Yes. <laughs> but then all the people from out of state come and they're even more misanthropic. They're coming up to the New Hampshire layers and they're going to shut the door and don't bother me. And and they've been coming here for for 40 years. So this is this is their right to come up here for two weeks and make us all miserable. In my opinion. Yeah, but even most of the out of state out of staters are nice. It's just there's a you know a park ranger who was having a bad day and uh, a guy. <laughs> Are you a... kidding? That was probably a great day for him. He got oh, to yeah. yell at you for five minutes. Oh, he savored the hell out of that encounter. You he had to take a break it. in the middle. Oh, I got to go back in the cabin for a minute <laughs> so my heart can calm down here. I'll be back, boys. <laughs> yeah, he had a great day. <clears throat> All right. Yeah. Uh, All right. That's our summer so far. We got all of August yet, but um, Mom, should we proceed to our review? Oh, Lord, yes. Okay. Oh, Lord, yes. This week, Mom and I are talking about 8 out of 10 cats does Countdown. Okay, let me explain this here. 8 out of 10 cats is a current events show where a bunch of comedians make jokes about current events. And Countdown is a long-running game show in which contestants face word scrambles and arithmetic challenges on a 30-second clock. You with me so far? These are, this is all in the UK. Now, 8 out of 10 Cats Does Countdown is a program where the comedians from the first show take over the second show. It's a disorienting hour of raunchy comedy, ridiculous stunts, and a bit of letters and math. Or maths, as they say across the yeah. pond. Here's a clip. Joe, how many? Yeah, I've got six, I think. Okay, John, how many? A risky seven. I love that about you. Catherine. Seven. Sean, how many? Five. Okay, what's your five? Trial. Joe, your six? Nation. Nation. Very good. Wow. Yeah, it's really good, actually. Uh, <laughs> Catherine, your seven? Untrain. Oh, shit. That's <laughs> interesting, because that yeah. was my risky seven. I think it might be untrained, not untrained. Like, I, if I can unlearn something, I can untrain it. You can unlearn something, but you can't untrain it. Just Watch untrained. me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, six points to Joe. Really? Yeah. Eight out of ten cats does countdown is available on YouTube. At least that's where we watched it. If you live in the UK, you can probably see it on the actual TV. Anyway, you'll figure it out. Mom, what does one out of one moms think of this show? Oh, this show is every single, every single little thing you could want in a show. I was in oh, such a, wow. yeah, really. I was in such a mood when I started watching this and I just, I almost fell off the couch laughing. It is just, I mean, the things they're allowed to say. Yeah. And yeah. When I said slash, raunchy, I meant it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Slash there are show, parts yeah. that are. And yet somehow it's all very tasteful. <laughs> it's weirdly so. Yes. And maybe this is just our, you know. Us dumb Americans, we're real impressed by a British accent, 
right? Um, but I well, do that think does help. it helps, but it does it definitely does go beyond that. You're right. It's very clever. These people are very, very clever, very quick. I tend not to think about how you say uh, everything on TV is scripted. Uh, and well, that's not I, a, yeah, that's not exactly what I say, but okay, yeah. All right. Well, that isn't exactly what you say, but it's it's close enough. Well, I think there's this, a lot of genuine spontaneity on this show. Like, there's a ton of pre-written material, but it's also yes. like almost an hour, so they they have to have conversation at some point. It's it it is everything. It's a little bit of bra- using your brain. Uh, I have never solved a math problem yet. Um, I do pretty well on the word parts. But this time, <clears throat> they were all given a little task of writing a poem. And this was on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Is that the one I sent you? Oh, my yes. God. Yes. This is series 16, <sighs> episode two. Yes. And I promise oh. you. I promise you some laughs if you watch this particular oh, episode. Oh, my God. Yes. Series 16, episode two. Find it on YouTube. Uh, it won't be hard because um, this is one of the all-time great episodes, in my opinion. Holy Most moly. definitely. Most definitely. They all must write a little poem. <laughs> and I- I'm not even going to say any more because I just don't want to ruin it for you. <laughs> but this is what had me rolling off the couch and everyone was reaching for tissues to wipe their laughter That's tears right. away. The panel, I've never seen the panel so wrecked. Um, but, and of all the bits, everybody write a little poem of all the bits to end up with, you've got tears streaming down your cheeks laughing. This is not the one I would have expected, but that's the other thing about this show is, is that like some of the, some of the comedy just seems to burst out of nowhere because it all is so modest and and cute on a in a certain yes. way, right? Yes. <clears throat> there and there it's very um I, I'm not gonna say fast paced, but it moves right along. Yeah, it sure does. And there's no boredom, there's no time to be bored, and there's clever little things interjected uh along the way. You'll be you'll be you'll this is like Pete Peanuts, P-E-A-N-U-T-S for you people that can't quite understand me. You won't be able to stop with one. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Um, I love Jimmy Carr, the host. Um, I think he's I think he's a very funny comedian. Of course, I'm familiar with him from his past work. But I just think as host of this show, he's perfect. He. You know, he is a comedian himself, and so he's reading a lot of the lines, whether they're pre-written or he's, you know, sticking it to people off the cuff, but he lets the show breathe. He's he's never overbearing, yes. and he really oh, knows yeah. how to sit back and let a show develop and when to give it a little push. He's got great yeah. sense of rhythm, doesn't he? Yes, most definitely. And that is not really as easy as he makes it look, I don't no, think. No, sir, it is not. No, it's not. So there's two teams, um, and there's two regular team captains, and this is a carryover for Made Out of Ten Cats. Usually you'll see Sean Locke on one side and John Richardson on the other side. Um, They're both sort of curmudgeonly in their way, I guess. Like, their personalities are dramatically different uh, to me, but they are—but they do have distinct senses of humor, and I um, just—it's the combination of their dry affect and the totally absurd uh, humor that they come up with 
for instance, everybody has to uh, present a mascot that they brought, like a good luck yeah, charm. Yeah, I didn't understand that word. It's like a good I luck used... charm. Like, did you bring a little, like, you might bring a little, like, uh, plastic uh, peeps candy with you for good okay. luck, right? If you were on actual countdown. Sometimes people right. have a little quote-unquote mascot. So on 8 out of 10 Cats Does Countdown, they use the mascot as the premise for some prop comedy and it's always just <laughs> something totally um like it, this is the most absurd part of the show i would say um and <laughs> it's like uh sean Locke. i remember one time brought in a what was supposedly like a chunk of blue ice that dropped out of an airplane and gave everybody like smoothies or like slushies <laughs> made from the slush God, disgusting. But um, and so you get four of those right off the top, and then suddenly we're playing this little game show. Uh, I think the first time you watch it, it's a little hard to get your footing. That may be. Yeah, that could be. But if you just let it let it flow, you'll oh, fit yeah. right in. Yeah, I don't say that in a bad way. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's dizzy in a very good way. Now, I will say that Joe Wilkinson is um, the uh, comedian who shined in the poem segment. And did you recognize him from Taskmaster? Yes, I did. So you'll see a lot of familiar faces uh, from Taskmaster also showing up on this show. Because, again, there's only like 20 famous people in the U.K. at any one time. Um, so you didn't do too well on the numbers games, um, which require you to like add and subtract and multiply to reach a target number. What about on the letters games? Do you like the word games? I d yes, I do. <laughs> what are you thinking about the poem still? I am. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Let me try. Let me take a sip. <clears throat> I thought if I yammered on about the game show for long enough, you'd be able to collect yourself. But even my long excursion about oh. numbers and letters was not enough. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's I'm really right. sorry. That's all right. It uh, is It is one of the funniest things I've ever seen, so no problem. Uh, I love the word things. Uh, I never... I'm so busy watching. I never have a paper and a pencil to to try and work it out, but I I do pretty well on on those. There's a you know you pick they pick a number of vowels and consonants and come up with some random combination that they then have to figure out the longest word they can make from those letters, and that's very challenging and a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Well, it's extra challenging on this version of the show because during the 30-second clock they get to try to make oh. words out of the jumble of letters, Jimmy will participate in like a micro-comedy sketch where he just, right. he, and I say that in air quotes because it's very often uh, clearly a stunt person or otherwise, <laughs> he'll do something crazy for 30 seconds. For example, um, one that I remember is he, um, one time during the 30 seconds, he, and by which I mean somebody styled to look like him, got in a giant hula hoop and was just spinning around on <clears throat> the stage. Wow. And they have to play the letters games while <laughs> this, you know, sometimes there's fireworks going off in the studio um, to mess with them. Uh, it's an extra challenge on the comedy version of the show. Have you seen the regular version? Did I send you any of no. the No. Okay. Well, it's, it's dry as a cracker. 
And I admire I admire it, but it's just it's just the letters and numbers games really and it's the it's the first ever program that aired on Channel 4. There's a bit of trivia for you. So it's been around wow. a very long time and it is uh, absolutely a British tradition. But sort of a um I think I don't know when it airs. I think afternoon, but it's like a tea time type thing. They give a tea oh, okay. they give a teapot to you if you win the game. It's all very um traditional british uh stuff like i said it's it's, okay. it's an icon of british culture and this show turns it on its head and i just can't get enough of it <clears throat> well in comparing uh the sense of humor uh we watched a lot of comedy specials over the summer uh jim gaffigan mm. uh, brian regan nate bar i think that's i'm not sure if that's how you say it but it does seem a little uh, heavy when you compare it to a show like this, which has a lightness to it, but uh, really so much bang for your buck. It's bang for your buck. In fact, I think it's, it's well put. Um, well, because you have so many different voices and because the show is really well coordinated, like it seems like mayhem, but actually it's a very well oiled machine. Again, I'm not saying there's no spontaneity, but it's just right. it's well produced and well set up to keep the energy going and bouncing among all these different comedy voices. The two team captains carry a little more of the weight than the guests because they understand the rhythm better. And then you've got the weirdo over in Dictionary Corner, um, the other adding sort of a an even more offbeat uh, note to things. They right. make the different sounds of comedy play against each other. So it's, um, but it is all light because there's not one voice. Yes, there's not one voice developing maybe a deeper comedy set like you get with Jim Gaffigan or some of the other people you named, but um, there's always this sort of simmering energy. Always. Yes. <clears throat> but I also would like to point out that these people also have things to say about each other that are very funny and they the there's there's no hurt feelings it's not that's not what it's all about and everybody gets it yes it's it's there's a true there's a great sense of camaraderie among these people of understanding each other and accepting each other and it's it's a very unusual mix i think that really works Jimmy, the host, says things about Susie Dent, who is the show's resident <laughs> language expert, and she's the language expert on the actual countdown as well. Uh, Rachel Riley and Susie Dent are both both do their same jobs as they do on Edit of Ten Cats Does Countdown on the actual countdown. Jimmy Carr says things about Susie Dent, in particular the many <laughs> books she's written, that right. make my lips curl back because they're so mean. But she just smiles and laughs. I mean, sometimes she winces a little bit because they, they could be pretty acid. But everybody just laughs and they move on. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's fun to be in that environment. And maybe we respond to that, Mom, because that's that's how our family has always operated uh, with each other, right? Just sort of yeah, that could be sarcastic and um, <clears throat> never afraid to point out each other's foibles, shall we say? And you laugh at each other and you move on. I think there's a lot of that family energy on this show that you're getting. Maybe that's why I like it so much. Maybe so. Maybe it's why I like it so much too. I f- I feel like this was a. Uh, um, 
this was just in my YouTube suggestion uh, bar from watching so much Taskmaster. Oh, oh. You're surprised, but just uh, you don't see any similarities between the two shows. Oh yes, I definitely yeah, do. Okay, I definitely do. But this panel, this panel, uh, particularly feels uh, loving to me. There's a sense of mm. something that's not in in Taskmaster. Uh, which I also love, which I also love. Yeah, this people just, are sick of this, hearing us talk about that, but yeah. I know, I know. But this has a softer feel to it, but mm, I'm really not doing it justice. <laughs> I'm not. I think you I'm have. Not. I think you've spoken very eloquently about it over the past 20 minutes, but now the time has come, Mom, to give um, a grade to 8 out of 10 Cats <clears throat> Does Countdown. What is your grade, Mom? This is an A plus plus. Oh, really. it's an A plus plus. Get out the clangs and whoops. Whoa! Holy cow! Eight out of ten cats does countdown. Find it on YouTube. Oh, please, please do. Mom, do you have a recommendation for the folks this week? Well, I don't really have a recommendation. I will tell you that I've gone back to the library. I went up today, renewed my subscription for being an out of towner. Uh, and I, I'm going to be reading the phone booth at the edge of the world. And it looks like a Japanese, another Japanese book. Yes. I think one of your passions, one of my passions. I love the way they look at life and present it. And if it's worth anything, I'll tell you next time that you should read this or Forget it. Oh, this is a this is a preview. Oh, this is a cliffhanger. Mom doesn't have recommendations <laughs> this week. Instead, we've got a cliffhanger. Tune in next week to find <laughs> out if Mom recommends this book. And what is the book, Mom? It's called The Phone Booth at the Edge of the World by Laura Mai I M A I Messina M E S S I N A. Okay. All right, that is Mom's cl- recommendation cliffhanger for this week. <laughs> and that'll do it for this edition of Pop Mom. Mom and I will be back next time to talk about more pop culture. Uh, oh, shoot, I got caught with my pants down here. What should we talk about, Mom? Uh, you got oh, any ideas? Something interesting. Something interesting. That'll do it. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends. And, hey, we love to get email. Hit us up at that inbox. It's popmom at ological.net. Talk to us about anything. We love you. Mom and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now, Mom. Bye, Johnny. I love you. Love you, too.